Okay, friends, this is Randy Davis. We have a guest host with us today. Rachel Davis. We're coming at you live from the San Marco Plaza in Venice, Italy. They call it St. Mark's, yeah? I don't know, probably. Piazza San Marco. Piazza San Marco. St. So, Mark's Square, a World Heritage Site. A World Heritage Site. Oh, Rachel's reading off of a, off a sign right now. So here's the thing, in the background you can hear the sound of water lapping off of Gondola. gondola boats. You can hear tourists walking by. We've got some pigeons. Got a pigeon in front of us. Lots of cigarettes. There's a child in the distance going, I'm way too small for, to appreciate this. <laughs> that's actually, <laughs> that's one of the first things that we noticed is that there are these parents with their children and they all look so exhausted. And we, any, anytime I see a family, I'm like, just stay home. Stay home until they're at least 12. <laughs> You can get this on uh, on VR. Put on a VR headset. So, friends, as long has been promised on the podcast, um, for the last 28 years, Rachel and I have hoped to go to Italy together. And then we decided, in spite of all the obstacles, that we were going to take this vacation. And I've been jokingly saying to Rachel that they use that word on purpose. It's not like receive the gift of a vacation. <laughs> you have to like take it by force. Take it. So like our kids have been super helpful taking care of themselves and each other. And our friends have been stepping in to help as well. And we are winding down this several day vacation that we have taken from the universe. And it's been truly uh, everything we hope for more, I would say. Don't you I, think? I would say. Yeah. I mean, geez. Yeah. So it, it, we're so we are so in our work modes that like even like with half a day left before our departing flight all i could do was like worry about stuff like i wasn't even like like to be sort this out do we sort that out it's like sending frantic last emails i even scheduled an email to go out after i left me too oh i did too. i just did like two or three hilarious <laughs> so but then somewhere and, and even the flight out like was kind of a kind of a pain it's kind of crowded kind of whatever it was work but then as soon as we got off the off the plane we're like all right so we're in rome <laughs> we're in Rome and then after a day of being in Rome it started to settle in like oh this is this is Rome okay okay well I think what's so great about Italy and it was my experience when I was young when I came to is that just the ambiance like being in Rome or Florence or Venice like that itself is a is very transformative like it's a whole it's 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 immersive it's probably a better word it's super immersive because Every building you walk by, the cobblestone streets, like, you're on vacation just standing there. You know what I mean? That's the thing that I, I can 100% agree. Like, this is why it's going to be hard for me to enjoy another vacation as much as I've enjoyed this one. Because being, being in a radically different place all the time is the gift. Right? Yeah, yeah. So. I mean, and we did plenty of activities and saw lots of things as well. That, and that, that was important to me, but... Really, just being here in in these cities has been, I think, the most interesting part because, uh, you know, we learned to get around with with their transit systems. We started figuring out what kind of foods they do well. Um, all those things are really fun to get out of out of the routine. Basically, it forces you to get out of the routine. It really does. So we're gonna do a little travel log, and we're gonna tell like anecdotes. I mean, we're going to share tips because this is a life hacks, social commentary, and amazing stories podcast. But uh, 
but honestly, like, there's people that go super long on life hacks, so we're, we're just going to give you the top, top at the top. We're not going to go deep. We're really going to just kind of tell you about, about Italy. Yeah, because it's stuff that, also, we're not really experts on life hacks on travel. No, okay. Although no, I do but, always say that, don't I? <laughs> no, no, but we have a, we have, well, no, it's funny you should say that because, all right, so life hack number one, we, as we go to these places that we have not researched and prepared for, we immediately get super curious about what it is we're looking at. So it started at the Pantheon. I walked into the Pantheon. First of all, I didn't realize how enormous that building is. Yeah, it's really beautiful. It's enormous. It's so big. So it's super big. Well, and, and we were lucky. This is, I mean, I guess this is the first tip from me, which is you're going to be jet lagged. And if you're jet lagged early so that you're wanting to get up early, which is what we were, get out of the hotel and go do stuff because it's the coolest to be at all the places before everyone else is. So the Pantheon was the first one. Yeah. And we, we got, we were able to walk in. We were like the, one of the first, I don't know, 50 people, probably. 20 people that were there. Yeah. And, um, being in those places when it's quiet and they're, I don't know, it's more contemplative and it was really cool. Yeah. We had a really, really great time. In no the crowds. Yeah. So, but we immediately were like, who are these people? What is this thing? What's going on? So the, so we went to Wikipedia and started, you know, Googling these people and going to Wikipedia and reading about them. And what we concluded was no one out there has the courage to truly simplify Roman history because it is so, so, so dense. Multi-layered. Like every 30 years something happens and there's been a, you know, there's been 2,000 like in 23 years. So, and, and more actually, because some, some of the Roman stuff we were looking at was 300 BC. Yeah. So, so, so then Rachel had this idea that we did that was super effective, provided that it was telling us the truth. <laughs> Which was, <laughs> we went to Chat GPT and we said, tell us the history of Venice in 500 words or less. <laughs> if and there's it, not a more American thing, like, it it's got to be it. It was amazing. But it was shorter. Like, but shorter. Like, but put it in a beam. Maybe well, I can understand it. I started with 500 words <laughs> and then I went to 200 words. And by the end, I was like, and 100 words. Tell me what this guy did. Simpler. Simpler. For idiots. It was really great, though, because I learned about Venice. I learned about Florence. I learned about the Doges, which I think is funny because of Dogecoin. Um, I and learned the about whole, like, the, Doge the Frangipani and the, what's the other family? Yeah, there's this Frangipani family who is like a feuding family that once bought the Roman Colosseum and used it as a fortress to protect their family. And they had like a, it's literally something. like the Romeo and Juliet. That like, story no, is not like, very far-fetched. But I went apparently. to Wikipedia to read about Frangipani and it's in there. And it is such a dense history that I could not get my head around it. So I'm like, all right, give it to me the hundred words. Like a couple of families fought pretty hard. The Pope had to intervene. The Pope intervened. Eventually the Pope took over and told them all shut up. Like that's that's pretty much the story of the Frangipani family. All right, so starting things off, we, we started in Rome and we were gonna go to Rome for two day, for three days, Florence for three days, and then like Venice for a couple days. That was the plan originally. Somewhere in the middle of that planning, Rachel's like, you know what? We need another day for Rome. So like, fine, let's do that. So we went to Rome. Now, one of the tips we got that totally ended up being super baller was to, to try and stay as close as you can to the cool crap in the historical district of Rome. So I found this nice hotel that was like a mile and change away. And Rachel's like, no, closer. So then I found a less nice hotel, but it was like, you know, a quarter mile from five different things. Yeah. 
Because Rome is, Rome is a little more spread out, too, just because it's so big. That yeah. it, it's hard to choose one central place, really, if you want to see all of the sites. So you do. There's a little bit of give and take there. We're like, you know. Yeah. So we did. So we stayed in the historical district. Turns out the hotel that was less nice ended up being kind of fun. It was like, really great. It was a fun, super nice hotel. And it was like down the street from the Supreme Court, and yeah. the street was kind of nice and quiet. And there was a bus, a bus stop on the street, which was super great. So it was great. Yeah, it was perfect. It's really great. So we went there, and then uh, that day we, I don't know. So we did the Pantheon. No, we made one mistake because <laughs> I, I miscalculated the conversion from kilometers to. Uh, miles and I'm like I just walk from the the main terminal to this area and we did indeed walk but man it was too <laughs> it was, far it was way too far we and we just had taken just, a taxi well but we were just fresh off the plane and so we weren't super comfortable with the taxi I didn't know if anyone actually spoke English turns out everyone spoke English um, and sometimes they spoke it with like flourish like yeah, they, like they lived in, in New Jersey for 10 Rome, years yeah. or something anyway so uh, we could have just taken a cab, should have just taken a cab. We walked for, I don't know. Half an hour? No, it was like, 30, 40, it was like 45 minutes. <laughs> it was too 45 far. 45 minutes with these big backpacks it that we had full of, our, full of our stuff. Anyway, so hack number one, like, you know, if it's more than a 25 minute walk and you're carrying your gear, I would definitely get a cab. Well, and hack number two is we did decide to bring backpacks and um, are, the idea was instead that we would the, travel light. Instead of the roller roller luggage we already owned. And we still didn't travel light enough. <laughs> so travel as light as, as possible. I mean, I, I think that makes everything so much easier. You can definitely bring a rollerboard board both in Rome and Florence. In Venice, a rollerboard is a uh, liability. So I well, it I just, really liked our backpacks here. The rollerboard didn't go up and down the, the bridges, stairs yeah, very well. Yeah, and there's a lot of bridges. But so. there's a lot of sidewalks where it's fine. Oh, and there's plenty of people. Who ha- I think we just heard a rollerboard roll by, actually. Yeah, we so. did, actually. Yeah. So, you know. So, yeah, it turns out we didn't have to buy new luggage. But we did, and it's fine. It's yeah. fine. Kind of nice to carry in a backpack. Not the most bit. important thing, but I did think I do think it forced us to travel, be lighter, a little bit lighter. Yeah. I still wish I would have left behind a few things, but whatever. Cool. Anyway. So Rome was great. We did the Pantheon, and then we did the Colosseum that day, and the Rowan Forum, and then we ran to this crazy monument, the Vitiano. Yeah, but hold on. We also don't want to stop the, uh, the the fountain. The fountain was actually pretty cool. Oh, the cool. Trevi Fountain. Yeah, we went to that one early, too, which was really cool. So the Trevi Fountain was interesting, because it was, I was like, man, we want to see a fountain. But you went there, and it was just big. Like, that's the one thing that I would take, that I took away from Rome that threw me off was just the, not the, not, not like the size of boldness, but like the physical size of these things. The fountain yeah. was huge. Yeah. The forum was huge. The Colosseum was huge. Yeah. And then there was this thing that we stumbled upon, which is the... I thought it was Vitiano. Am I saying that wrong? Vittorio? I think it was Vittorio. Okay. Anyway, there was this gigantic, gigantic muse- museum palace that is celebrating the the unification. God, the unification of Italy that happened in 1860. Gigantic. Anyway, so that's happened. So we saw that. So it was interesting though because we um, it was striking, and it's one of the things you could like. It's on the list to see. I don't but know. It, Are you right? It's. Wait, is that it? Uh, maybe not. Uh, yeah, Rachel's looking it up right now. It's one of the, of the things on the list of things to see, but we didn't know anything about it. And so over, that was one of the things where we started. Um, Frantically. Yeah, that we, we had to find out a lot of stuff about. So first we like 
poked around the actual building itself and it turns out there's a museum in there which we didn't actually go to and um there's a bunch of statues there's a an eternal flame for the unknown soldier and there's like six uh guards who are guarding it at all times and we're like wow this is really cool but it's also it's like in between uh the roman forum and the Colosseum, so it's like kind of right in the middle of all these sites and um so we kind of looked up the Italian unification but later we went on a different tour and we asked our tour guide we're like what is the deal with the Italian unification why is it so important and um she kind of explained that it's uh there Italy was had all these different little city states for a really long time and then there was the Vatican too and they were all like always like uh fighting and warring against each other so the unification was actually really important it came up again and again so yeah so it was King Vittorio Emanuel II. Oh, Vittorio, and, okay. Uh, and uh, you, sh- you, sh- you, should, you should Google V-I-T-T-O-R-I-A-N-O. And there's this big monument. It's the crate is so enormous. Well, For those of you who do Google it, I just want you to know, like, there's this picture of this monument, and there's a guy on a horse out in front of the monument. You're like, yeah, that looks pretty big. Someone told me that, like, that horse while they were building that horse like they had a banquet inside the horse they had like a table set up and like people sitting around the table that's how big that statue is it is so big well what's so funny too is our tour guide told us that a lot of romans don't like this building because first of all it's very young it's only 18 you know the 18 yeah 70s or something like they finished it in 1920 or something and like then that. they also they're like it's out of proportion with the coliseum and the roman forum we don't like it like they just don't like it it's no, really funny like, i think right to the right of it there's an important hillside that has a government building that's like the capital or something and it makes the capital look like just like a joke diminutive yeah <laughs> anyway. so, so that's right. funny so that was kind of how we did a lot of stuff in yeah. rome is we would see stuff and we're like what's that and then we would look it up and ask around and anyway so as we've been talking about it i said that maybe next time we go to a place we should just read up on everything and then go to the place after just because we are very curious about everything we go see but i don't know i don't really think i mean you'd have to get like a master's degree in italian history really to fully yeah i don't know that we're here to show those kind of hacks you know yeah so okay so here's hack number two so hack number one is I think we like six hacks in. Use, anyway. use Chad GPT to summarize the history because it's insane. Okay, number two, hack number two or 11, depending on who's keeping score, is um, honestly, I don't like, I read these, I read these blog posts are like, you need at least three weeks to do Rome properly. And I'm like, bro, I was here for four days and I'm, I'm good. Like, I don't, I don't, what in the world? Do, do I need to see more like incredible statues? Do I see more Renaissance paintings? I don't know, man. I feel like four days is great. Well, because another <laughs> so thing that's, about that's Rome, our vibe, though. If you yeah, guys are deep yeah, dive yeah. vibes, like just blow us off. No, but our we vibe have really is like short attention spans. Yeah. But but the other part of Rome that I was just going to mention is that uh, there are like there's uh, ruins everywhere. Like every three blocks, there's like oh, this is a. This is a site. This is an ancient site. And you're like, oh, my gosh. So you think you're like, oh, I'm going to have to go find these ruins. But no, they're everywhere. And then the other thing that's everywhere are these churches. So incredible. There are churches that you have to see. And um, St. Paul's. Is it St. Paul's? The Vatican. St. Peter's. St. Peter's. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. St. Peter's. Basilica. The Vatican. Is incredible. And you really do have to see it. But aside from that, there's like. I mean, hundreds. I think she said there's a hundred. Oh no, is there 137 churches here in Venice? 
yeah. and 50,000 people or something like that. Yeah. And so same thing with Rome. There's just so many of these churches that like at first, again, you're like, oh, I have to see all of them. But no, first of all, you can't. Second of all, you don't want to because that's <laughs> after like number five or something. You're like, huh? Got it. I understand, you know. But maybe that's just us. Well, no, we're, we're short attention span, folks. It, it, it does seem insane to say that when you see the, the fact that they they spent 150 years making these buildings. And we're walking in going, yeah, I get it. <laughs> it's good enough. It's kind of but that being said, but... that being said, I was also talking to Rachel about this. Like, People probably didn't travel that much, right? So they probably only saw the big basilica in their own hometown. Right. Or maybe a couple right. towns over. Right. So... They didn't see whatever, how many we've seen in the last few days, for right? Sure. Yeah. But that being said, okay, we got to talk about the Vatican for a second. So. Well, do you want to talk about our bike trip? Because we took that oh, yeah. in between. So yeah. this was kind of a nice, and this is a good hack, which is um, we scheduled this bike trip. It was, it was kind of, a, it was an adventure. It was a six-hour bike trip. It was on e-bikes, which was fantastic. And then she took us out of town, and we got to see the catacombs, and then we were on the Appian Way. So we saw the aqueducts, and we just saw a ton of Rome that we wouldn't have otherwise had a chance to see. Kind of outside Rome, but then also, like, more normal, like, neighborhoods and apartments where normal people live, as opposed to, like, the historic district where, where we were staying. And yeah. um, and we also were paired up with two other um, couples yeah. that are, you know, travel Americans or English speakers who are traveling. And that was really fun. They were really great. And so um, it was nice as a palate cleanser, like, because we had, like I said, we've seen all of that art and all those churches. And then we did, like, kind of a, yeah, an outside day, bike which was really great. All right. <laughs> so we have one amazing story. It's going to sound, it's going <laughs> to, it's going to sound a little bit mean, but it, but it, since it doesn't end sad, we can, we're just going to go with it. We're going to laugh about it. So one of the one of the groups she was, was smiling the whole time. A couple of friends came. Um, they were older ladies. One was in her six, probably fifties, maybe sixty. Sixties for sure. Sixties, and then her older friend who was eighty-one. Okay, but they're on the bike tour now. St- hang with me for a second. There's an eighty-one-year-old lady on a bike tour of Rome, and we for went, six hours, and we <laughs> went for like a hundred kilometers. Now this is e-bikes, so me and Rachel weren't that strong, but. You know, even just spinning your legs for six hours is a big deal. So this lady, she did it. She completed it. So we're, that's the happy ending I'm going to tell you before I tell you the other part, which is she kept she kept falling. Like, and when you're 80 and you fall, you can die. Like, that's not okay, right? But, like, when she would come to a stop, we'd always sit there and she'd come, like, come buzzing up. And then just... And just like fall over and be all, well, be all tangled up in her bike. Really sweet lady on our, our tour, Canadian couple, Wendy, and she. Wendy she was, was terrible. So She's worried. apoplectic. She's like, <laughs> she can't keep falling down. I'm like, I know. Like, what are we supposed to do? Like, we're well, on no, a bike tour. And the lady used to, she, the 81 year old kept saying, I don't want to slow you guys down. I refuse to be the one that slows us down. I'm like, well, like, well, if you die, that's definitely going to slow us down. <laughs> this be is definitely going to slow the whole thing down. <laughs> so it's only funny in sort of a macabre way because it's just like every half an hour, <laughs> uh, like this lady would just like crash into a bush and fall over, <laughs> I mean, and then be and be tangled up in the. And everyone's like, "Are you okay?" And the guide was terrified. She was like, "Oh man, I can't have a lady die on my tour." There was this. So she's like, "You stay close to me, all, okay?" You stay, we all were helping you, you, her. You doing okay? You feeling okay? We were all trying to help her, and we were trying to let her go. You know, the first one after the guide. Yeah. But 
it was pretty funny. But also, it really didn't actually slow us down because we were on e-bikes. So when we were in the city, I think we all were a little more worried about her getting hit by something or something. Yeah. But out, you know, out on those paths, it, yeah. it was actually okay. And she was, pretty she was funny, really man. sweet, and it was really great. She was really sweet, and she's kind of hardcore. Like, she had crazy stories. Like, she married a younger man. Um, it late late in adulthood, he likes he, his favorite thing to do is play video games. I'm like, man, how young did you go exactly? She's moving to Morocco next year. She's gonna go to I Morocco mean, and live for six months next year. So she's not. I know. Why are we trying taking, to teach her something? She's not taking not, over an answer. More, yeah. we, we should really be learning from her. Truly, except the part where she falls <laughs> over. It was sort of like a Martin Short skit because she kind of get tangled up in the bike and just couldn't really get up. And we're like, what the? It what is going crazy. on? It was pretty crazy. Anyway, so. So that was in between. We arrived our first day. We were and and the first day we we're like, oh, maybe we'll see the Coliseum. But we ended up just having plenty of energy to go see all that other stuff. We did the bike tour on the next day, and then the third day we did the Vatican. Yep. So the Vatican was pretty cool because, um, I mean, it was amazing. Also, so, no, no, I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna be. Here's the contrarian zag. I don't care for the Vatican. Oh, but you like St. Peter's Basilica. You know, I was in sh- I was in shock about how imp- how impressive St. Peter's Basilica is. It's yes. shocking. Yes. But okay. Well, but let me set the scene because here's the other part is that the pope was actually going to be addressing, I don't know what they call it, but he was going to come out and address the audience. So that so it was a super crowded day and also tons of stuff was already like roped off because they had all these chairs set up and so there were people that were going to wait waiting to come in to see the pope and also there wasn't as much room as there normally is so it was super super crowded which was stressful because we hate that and we hate people no i'm just kidding but um and so we had this guide that was taking us through so that was good but also crazy because it was like we couldn't really modify like she didn't feel like she could modify the tour (laughs) but it was crazy crowded so anyway the part of the tour that we both were i don't know disgusted by are we allowed to say that i don't know Um, no not allowed to say that we were overwhelmed by... The Vatican Museums have so much stuff. And we didn't even see even, like, a person... We saw the smallest percentage of them. And we walked for, like, two hours and saw all this, all these statues. And every ceiling was had gold. That's and every tapestry was... Anyway, and my thought was always, like, this is the widow's might. Either either some poor lady you know tithed and paid for this or else they stole this as part of their years of of power it's a hard take it's a hard take but ah, but it was i mean the word i used with randy is that it's kind of obscene it's obscene how much stuff they have and now you have to take into account they've been in power for so many thousands of years so like yeah you know i know it's been a lot of time when they've collected all this stuff they have so much treasure in just, the Vatican just straight, Museum. straight loot. Like if you're gonna make a cartoon, like a loot. cartoon depiction of like we raided the tombs <laughs> and we brought back loot, it would look like this room's full of like half broken statues and just like incredible room after room, room after room after. after, room, room. after, room, after I mean, what, I don't even know how many square feet we saw. Do we see two hundred thousand square feet of statues? So much, but it wasn't just the statues because it's not like a it's not like a modern museum where it's like you know carefully displayed statues. It's like five rows of statues 12 12 across all the way up they just like shove them in there so they can get as many on display as possible and it's not even like they still have all the stuff that's put away that you will never see and so 
it's hard to appreciate each item because it's it's like the volume is the thing that you walk away with you know you're just like it's just so much it's just so much it's overwhelming so so i was about to call it and just be like well i'm glad i did it so i could say that i did it and then the last place we went to was saint peter's basilica now this is as told by the tour guide and as understood by people like this is apparently the hillside where they decided to kill saint peter like the you know peter. one of the peter yeah. of the 12 apostles who they who they call the first the first um, pope of the catholic church upon this rock i'll you know i'll build my church his name actually means rock like peter means rock his name before was simon of course but it means rock so anyway he was supposedly killed here and they found some um uh remains of of other people that were killed there and they're like we think this is peter so they, they, they put it in a tomb, and then they built this basilica on top of the tomb. And this is supposedly the tomb where St. Peter is interred. So and, it, that, and it's a functioning church. This is where the Pope addressed, you know, the cardinals and all the other people who were there. Like, it literally, they as use a, it. Look, as a Christian, that's inspiring to me. Like, the idea that he's actually there is inspiring to me, right? So when we go, when we go into this basilica, it is so big like so it's enormous right and this is tall and like, wide tall I mean, like every and statue wide, like, is huge you're not tiny. normal size like the altar is big and the thing they put over the altar is big and the dome is big and then the columns know, are huge the columns are huge and then they have these statues that are so big that it looks like literally like for those of you who haven't seen it but you probably have seen the last star wars movie it is like the like Emperor Palpatine's like palace with these giant, giant statues of the twelve apostles that are Saint this and Saint that, and just huge. Well, and then differently than some basilicas, they also had somebody who really stridently maintained like the art style. So it has one color palette and one style. And so the whole thing feels really cohesive. And it's just impressive. Well, and the other thing that's very impressive, which makes sense because it's, cur- it's being currently used, is that it's so clean. And I think that's in contrast to a lot of the other churches and, frankly, all the other sites that we've seen. This is, you know, it's hard to keep, keep it clean. And there's, they, they light these candles and there's soot and, you know, just the wear and tear. It, there's just a lot of grime. And then, but, but, not, but not in St. Peter's. So that was yeah. beautiful. So it really was. And the other thing is, hey, look, if we had the temerity to sit there and talk trash about some of the museum art at the Vatican, let's take a moment to talk about something that was really inspiring. We, t- we forgot to talk about this, but when we were on our bike tour, we, we stopped at catacombs uh, where early Christian saints, before, the, before Christianity was legal, in Italy, in 313, they by weren't. Constantine. They were, yeah, that was made legal by Constantine in three in the year 300 ish, 350 something. But before that, the Christians um, were highly persecuted, especially chased around by Nero and murdered and tortured and everything else. And and one of the things is they couldn't be buried. They weren't. Wasn't allowed to be buried like a regular in a regular way. Yeah, in the cemeteries. So, so then, so this one Christian guy went and bought this huge chunk of land outside the city walls. And he, he dug underground and made these tombs where you could be buried if you were Christian. And um, we went and did a tour of this tomb. And first of all, it was stunning how big 
the tombs were like I was like oh it's dug into the ground and the ground's really hard it's got it can't be that big and it, it turns out they have like 500,000 people buried under there 500,000 people are buried there yeah and what how many there's a huge there percent, are, 40% were children for, babies were, yeah were infants yeah 40% were infants because infant mortality and then and then but they, then it's really sad but you actually people would go visit visit them visit their their loved ones who passed away so I I found that actually to be encouraging. Like it's you know. Well, it ended up being really inspiring. So it was. the, the really drill guide himself, a Catholic, was talking about how pe- people, even after it became legal to be buried above ground, like devoted Christians wanted to be buried here because they wanted to be buried amongst the heroes of Christianity who survived those terrible times in early Rome, and that's just a, that's just sweet. It's yeah. just a beautiful... It was really faithful. It was really beautiful. And they had, underneath there, they had some some really rudimentary, like, ornamentation around um, the prophet Jonah. Um, the prophet Jonah, they, they see it going into the fish, being there for three days and coming out, is like a symbol and a sign of, of Jesus going into the tomb for three days and coming out resurrected. So Jonah was like a symbol of resurrection. Yeah, I, there, there was... Lots of little pictures of Jonah throughout, which was, we love, of course. It was really Jonah. beautiful. Yeah, it was very beautiful. So I found myself, so I was walking into the catacombs going, well, I don't know if this is going to be cool or not. And I found myself walking out. Like, I literally sat on a wall and thought about life and death and resurrection and, like, like the heroes of Christianity. Like, I like I thought about it. Well, it was really inspiring. So this whole trip has been really interesting in that way because we didn't come here as, like, a spiritual journey or anything. But we spent a lot of time talking and thinking about, like religion and spirituality and power and money and like all and ambition and faith and all those things like are so uh wrapped up together rolled up together in italy and they express themselves in basically all those things get rolled shaken up rolled together and and what's what comes out are these amazing buildings and squares and basilicas and i mean just the centuries of that equals italy it's crazy it's crazy all right, so we wanted to have some culinary adventures while we were here. We attempted a few, and we had a couple of hits and a couple of misses. Our hit was, our first hit was the Roscioli, Ros, Ros, Roscioli Cafe. Had great bread. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so there's this, there's actually like three different Roscioli. In, in Rome, there's like three different Roscioli, like, affiliated businesses. There's like a, a daytime bar, and then there's a nighttime di- dinner place, which has a good reputation. And then there, and then there's a nearby cafe. Well, we stumbled upon the cafe by accident because we got to the dinner place before it was open, and we're like, "Well, while we're here, let's buy some stuff to take back to the hotel." And we bought a half loaf of artisanal bread. <laughs> so good. This is the best bread I've had in oh, a long time. So good. We got some pastries and everything else. So then the dinner. So we wanted to get like something authentic, and uh, I mean, I keep forgetting the name of the dinner. They have like this pepper, like this authentic pepper. Um, C-A-C-I-O Castillo Castillo de Pepe Pepe? Is that no, right? It's like a pepper A pepper noodle dish They make their own noodles well, That was really good What did you get? Oh, you got the Like the meat sauce thing, right? Yeah, I got something with meat sauce I learned something Well, let's talk about yours first So Castillo de, Pepe, Castillo de Pepe Is like uh, Is that spelled right? Yeah Castillo de Pepe Salt and pepper. I'm sorry. I don't know what cashew is. But anyway, it's a white sauce with lots of cracked pepper in it. Um, over with with uh, 
that kind of cheese. What is it? The I'm gonna say Parmesan, but maybe Romano. Like a, like a Parmesan. Oh, actually, Pecorino, Pecorino cheese. Yeah. It's made with Pecorino cheese, and it's on it's on the big noodles, and it's it's really simple. Like it's like your mom might make it, but also they make it in this fancy restaurant. And um, the noodles were great. They do the noodles al dente in a way that's like it's not my jam, but I get it. So it's like al dente is in like the very center of the noodle actually crunches a little bit. So it's like your soft like soft kind of soft crunch. It's like okay, that's wild. And then you got pasta, but are you going to talk about your pasta experience? Yeah. So I learned well, at least the the few places we went. I don't like the way that they do um, meat sauces with marinara. I found them to be kind of salty and kind of acidy and kind of overwhelms. Like I don't actually enjoy the meat. I'm just kind of like, it's just kind of just a bit much. <laughs> and, I, and I thought it through. I think, I think probably, they probably put some red wine in there maybe. And they're really dark in color. And uh, yeah. So it's I, not I, your jam. So I, I started I, to I, avoid that. I had a meat dish and I'm like, yep, yeah, I'm done with and that. And then we had another spot we went to for lunch. I think it's Osteria de Fortunata. I think that was the place. And they, had, uh, they had, they had homemade, homemade gnocchi Fortunata. that was really good. And you had another one of those meat dishes, and you were like, "Oh man, not again." Yeah, I, I kind of blew it on the meat dish every time. Uh, but but that was a cool place because that was good food. Rachel had some super duper soft gnocchi. It was excellent, and and, and the oh, lady fresh was, tomato sauce. I mean, they were doing it for show, but there was a lady making the pasta like next to us, which was adorable. So that was good. Yeah, that was good. Is there another place that we ate that you yeah, guys so then about? At night, Well, then at nighttime, I went, we went to the sandwich place, which oh, I thought was really good. Oh, that's right. What's that I'm going to go, I'll have to go look that up. So the other thing we found that was a surprise to me is that they keep having, there's always the charcuterie place that they want you to eat before. And I, you know, I like them, but it started to be a lot, a lot of charcuterie, a lot of little meats and stuff. But the first night in particular, it was delightful because it was, it was really know, new good. And, and the meats are so good. So it was it was very good. Yeah, I'm gonna find that place so I can share it with you guys. Um, and that place that had the charcuterie had these sandwiches that were really remarkable. Yeah, and and uh, that was actually all these places that we went that we liked were somewhat close to the Campo dei Fiori, which is that this the open air market that they have in a piazza. piazza. And um, it really was an excellent open air market. We only went there on accident. Like, because the first day we went there, it was raining, so like it was there was nothing there. We're like, huh? Feels like there's a lot of much to do about nothing here. And then, and then we came the next day. I'm like, oh, oh, all never the mind. stalls were set up, and yeah. there's all this fruit, and yeah. it was really fun. Anyway, so we went there for sandwiches, and the next night we went there, and we went next door, and they had like, um, I guess, open face sandwiches. Well, and I had like a it's crazy kind of the same thing. thing. Yeah, it, it was it was also very good. That's it. Vagateria del, F- del Fico. I think so. Yeah, that's, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Vagateria del Fico. So it's Via della Fossa 12 in Rome. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> but that was good just for a change because I didn't want to have pasta all the time. And I'm like, I just want a sandwich. And I went there and these guys had some really great sandwiches with really fresh meats. And really, The thing that was great about it was... Like looking to the left and looking to the right, they weren't tourists that were eating there. Yeah. It was it was people that lived in the neighborhood who were like down there eating with friends. And um, so Randy Randy went out of his way to find places for us to go that were um, supposed to be good. So how did you go about doing that? If someone else wanted to do that, so I, I actually have some good news, which is the systems that that you would hope worked 
actually kind of worked, which was like I was I was using Google Maps and I was using Yelp and then I was using and then I would just but and then if I found something that I liked, then I would like Google it for a review and then I'd kind of find them at TripAdvisor or I'd find them at just some I'm like RomeHero.com or you know like they had all these like like visit Italy a lot sites yeah and um, and between the three you can kind of triangulate and go yeah that's actually going to be good you know what I mean I yeah. did I did find that it is nigh unto impossible to truly find unique fare like you're, it's going to be some version of the Italian food that you might expect it, it's not like I mean there was there were there were three star Michelin restaurants that, that got way away from it but we didn't go to those um, but it, so it's so it is actually like Italian food, and we have gotten better at that in the States in the last ten or twenty years. So it's not like you've never imagined what this sandwich would look like. But that being said, it was still good and still was really good. still unique. So so I think that's the most of Rome, and then and then uh, we took off to Florence. Yeah, so then we took the train to Florence, and um, we got there after it was dark. Our train was delayed a little bit, and um, and. Our, again, we balanced this uh, finding the right hotel close close to what we wanted to see, and Randy found a great spot that was just down the street from the Duomo. It was like right next to the Duomo. And so like we were kind of tired, and we thought, oh, we should go to bed, but we we could see the Duomo from our hotel, so we walked over there at night, even before, um, even though it was dark, and it and it was my favorite part of the trip, maybe because. The Duomo is, it looks like a pastry or something. I mean, it's so intricate and so detailed. And it's, um, and most of it is on the outside, actually. This is the interesting part that we found because we went inside the next day. And inside is much simpler and um, a lot simpler than a lot of the stuff we saw in Rome. So the it's outside sort of, is sort of extremely kind of detailed. And the inside is, is a lot cleaner and more restful. Frankly, I like it. But, um, so anyway, Randy seeing the outside of the Duomo at night was really, really fun. It was I great. mean, it looked like, it looks like a, okay, looks like, like a German toy maker made a church <laughs> for kids to play with. And then somebody came by with a magic wand and made it like the size of like, a, whatever, like yeah. a sports arena. Yeah. It's crazy. It's wow. so, it's, it looks, it looks like a, like a, like an ornate clock on the outside. It's just really wild. I don't it was know. wild. So that's the main thing that we did the next day. What do we do in the morning in Florence? Uh, in the morning, oh, we went to see David. That was another. See, oh, we did another early morning yeah. thing like that where we. Okay, so we up. almost weren't going to go see the David because we've seen a lot, a lot, a lot of statues. I mean, we saw thousands of statues at the Vatican. And, you know, I've seen the postcard. And, oh, and we've seen hundreds and hundreds all over Rome. So it's not like we. Like, yeah, I'm not to see the David. And then we're like, last minute, we're like, you know what? We're up. Let's see if we can get some cheap tickets, and we did. And like, it was like, hey, it's it's open in an hour. I'm like, let's get over there. And it turns out that ended up being the formula again. Going early, being one of the first five people in the room, and being able to look at the David quietly was actually kind of inspiring, man. I actually really, really liked seeing that single statue, even though I didn't expect to. I was like, no, this this is actually hitting. It's like it landed. Yeah, no, it feels like there's faith involved and commitment, and it was it was very beautiful. So we enjoyed that, and then we um, we did the Duomo. And um, we definitely found that Florence had a different vibe from Rome. I'm a Rome girl, personally. I found out. <laughs> I but, just well, like the but energy. But not just Rome, Rome. You are you're an old town, yeah, yeah, historical Rome girl. Right, right. I mean, don't. Yeah, I mean, what do I know about like whatever the, the suburbs of Rome? I don't know. But I really love the sights of Rome, and I felt like 
the people who actually lived in Rome care about the sites and were proud of them. And it was, I really liked the energy there. I thought it was really fun. In fact, when we were, um, after our, our bike trip, we got on a bus to get home and it happened to be by the Colosseum. And we were, we were weirded out why the bus wasn't going yet. And we kind of were asking around and we, f we could hear this chanting and <laughs> like, what is, what's the chanting? Is this like a planned like chorus? No, I guess the, the Polish team beat the, the Rome soccer team, something like that. Yeah. And there was like a riot just over the corner. <laughs> and we're like, oh no, maybe we're never going to get home. But no, like the, the, the Italian police come out in riot gear with jeans, like half of them are wearing jeans, but they also have like the helmets <laughs> and the shields. And then, and then they have our bus like do the three point turn in the middle of the Coliseum, like the, like the whole, like the plaza in front of the Coliseum. And they just yeah. went around and we went home. It was just, just so funny because it just was, it felt so, like such an Italian thing. Cause they just drive however they want, wherever they want. There's no, like, there's no bus lanes. There's no rules about bike lanes. Like they oh. just drive. And so it was funny that they, treated the whole thing kind of casually like there's a sort of a riot going on the police are kind of taking care of it and the bus is just gonna like get out of there and yeah it was fun hey we're kind of we actually ran past something we should say about this so in rome everybody spoke english everyone and we got so comfortable walking and and cabbing around they were like that bus is right there and it's like a it's like a fancy brand new bus and the signs are really clear. I'm like, I wonder if we could just take the bus. Let's try it. Well, and then what happened is also they have this great app. Amazing app. The the Mass Transit has this amazing app, which made it super easy to use. So, so, so we so started the, just using all the buses, which is great. Well, the bus and the bus cost a dollar fifty, <laughs> and you can go like it would save you an hour of walking. It was amazing. So we did the bus, and uh, I I also enjoyed Rome. So everyone's like Florence, man. Florence, the heartbeat of Renaissance. And I'm like, okay. And I got there and it, it is very idyllic and it is beautiful. But what I didn't understand from that, I sort of thought it was gonna be like a small town village feel. And I'm like, yeah, if the village was like full of the richest people I've ever seen, like that, yeah. Like it turns out it's, it's a lot more La Jolla, California than Solana Beach. So, <laughs> so we, Rome was like, like it was like, freaking Cartier and like I mean Gucci but like honestly like we have that we've had those in Prada Venice too and, and there's some of that in Rome everywhere. but there's something about Rome that balanced out better or something and Florence just felt a little bit snobby and I don't know it was very pretty I enjoyed the stuff we it saw it was very pretty you go to Florence maybe Preferred but Rome. it was not my favorite it's been the least favorite of my of our stops yeah which because brings us to Venice which is which brings us to our last stop so we got on a train so we had we had we had two nights, but really kind of one day in Florence, and then uh, and then we got on. And then we, we kind got... of shortened our last day. We got we got tickets to go about four hours earlier because we were kind of done with Florence, and so um, we got. Oh, and in Florence, we also saw the that bridge, and I don't know. You know, we saw several other things in Florence, and we decided to come to Venice a little earlier, which I think was a great call. I think so. I think so. Because we got to enjoy a lot of Venice yesterday as well as today. Okay, so. Okay, so I, I mentioned that, like, I was just kind of dumbstruck by how cool the Pantheon was. And I was dumbstruck by how impressive St. Peter's Basilica was. So, which brings us to Venice. Now, you've all seen Venice. You've seen it in movies. You've seen it in the Italian job. You've seen it, you've seen it in, you know, Roman Holiday. 
Probably. I don't know. Is it Roman Holiday? I don't know. I think Roman Holiday's in Rome, but yes. Makes sense. You've seen Venice uh, before. So you've seen Venice before. You know exactly what it looks like. And yet, when you get off the train and you walk out the front of the train stop, and the next thing you have to do is to walk over a bridge with boats going underneath to go to the island, it's so freaking cool. It's really cool. <laughs> like, it doesn't... I did, I was just like giggling for the for the twenty five minute walk to our hotel. I'm like, what it is was this? Really fun. We're going the down these tiny noticed, alleys. The other and, thing we noticed right away, and we we couldn't identify it at first, but it's that there's no cars and there's no scooters. Yeah, I was like, why is it so quiet? <laughs> and we had kind of gotten accustomed to in Rome and Florence. There's just a ton of traffic around you all the time, and really, you're all always almost about to get hit, and so. In Venice, it's just really nice and peaceful. So where we are right now, for example, if we were in Rome, it would be all... <laughs> That's what would be happening right now if we were in Rome. But in Venice, it's, it's just a lot quieter. I mean, it's we've really had... Quiet. I don't know. We probably had a thousand people walk by in the last half an hour of this pod. And all you hear, you just kind of hear the mumblings of people. But man, it would be just loud. Yeah, it's interesting. Anyway, love Venice. Love it. And we ended up getting a, play, a hotel that turned out to be really cute. Cute and also close enough. The first day we did a gondola ride, which was as incredible as you'd hope. Like we had such, he was like singing to us. I mean, I know it's his job. I know he's trying to, I know he's trying to sell us on it, but it's that you're in the middle of, the, of, of actually the city that is true. Like it's so authentically, uh, you know, ancient and full of history and so it doesn't feel like i don't know it doesn't feel like vegas creepy or like disneyland you know what i mean it's, it just feels real like a real and so i love the gondola ride i found that really delightful the one uh the one hack on that that i would recommend which is if you're if you're gonna do it like they have gondola rides everywhere and they all cost the same so you don't don't bother trying to find a better deal but the one thing that i thought might make a difference and, and, it, and for my money did make a difference was I, we, we marched to the middle of the island on a small canal and took a ride from there as yeah. opposed to going from the giant waterways. And so we, we we were going under these tunnels that were just next to buildings. Where we had to like lean back because it was so low. We had to like scooch underneath and it was just quiet. And Rachel kept asking me what's wrong because I wasn't saying anything. And I wasn't saying anything because it was just quiet and beautiful. Was I, was so just, beautiful. I was just enjoying it. But he it. still took us out to the Grand Canal and then we came back. So it, yeah. was, it was a great little ride. And then today in Venice, we did the early morning thing again. Yeah. And um, we ended up going to St. Mark's uh, Square, just this outside square. But it was which again, is where we are now. Yeah, it's when Marco. It was quiet this yeah. morning. Oh, and we saw one of the funny things, which no one will love this, but <laughs> as much as I did. But the, uh, they have all these signs warning you about the pigeons. And we watched this little girl get her. <laughs> Her pastry eaten by pigeons out of her hands, like she was literally holding it. And these pigeons came and, and swooped just ate in it. and just like took it. They just took like, it away and ate it. And she was that's like, "That's our oh pastry my gosh, now." What? Really? That's kind of funny. Um. Sad of me dropping the phone. Hope I didn't disturb anyone there. So this evening we, or this afternoon we did the Doge Museum. We're about to go to the Guggenheim, Peggy Guggenheim Museum. It's modern. And we're doing it, again, as kind of a palate cleanse because we've seen so, so much Renaissance art and, yeah. and sculpture that we're just ready for a little bit of a change. And then tomorrow we'll be going home, so we're just about wrapped up. Yeah, we're wrapping this up. So we took a, we have an hour between the Doge Museum and the next museum, and we're like, hey, why don't we talk to our dear friends of the Way Station podcast? 
we've probably shared way too much, but it's been easily worth it. And uh, it's been very immersive and beautiful. It's been a really great trip. Also, not too cold. We're taking it by force. We keep taking our sweatshirts off. Oh, yeah. I recommend the fall. The fall is nice. Uh, it's, it's been a little bit cloudy and occasionally rainy. So I think that I heard that that's mostly bad luck. I don't, I don't think it's actually normally that rainy at this time of year. An easy trade-off, though, because but, but like, if I had to trade between like the sweltering yeah, heat, I mean, oh my gosh! I can't because it's it's about the right temperature now. And if it, if you came in the middle of the summer when it was hot and you were trying to walk around Rome, I would be upset. So I think it's great. This is great weather. I kind of I give up on trying to find unique food experiences, but but what I settled on is just trying to find a good version of what you're going to get, and we we had good luck with that, um, and. Uh, yeah, we haven't been going as hard on the food in Florence or Venice, and I actually think part of it, and Brandy might not agree with me, but I think Rome has more options just because it's a bigger city, so I think they're more likely to be a little more adventurous on, on the food. Like well, the food if we wanted we to, like, we walked by a McDonald's to and from everywhere we went in yeah. in Rome. We didn't eat there one time, but we, but we could have, and so... But here in Venice, it's not so much. It's just like... That's true. It's, it's a lot more local. It's a lot more local. Also, in Venice, the... While it's certainly not a pain point to speak English, it's not uh, it's not guaranteed, so that's interesting. Oh, and they like only cash. Like they're always like get cash, and we're like, oh, they keep man. trying to get us to use cash, which is not it's oh not the most convenient. Yeah, talk about that in a second. Oh yeah, you want to sell your money? Thank I, you. I will in a second. But then the other thing uh, about uh, Venice that's interesting. Oh shoot, I forgot what I was going to say. All right. Speaking maybe speaking English. They don't speak English as much. Yeah. Anyway, but oh, oh, so we were saying that in Rome, public transportation was super easy and made a ton of sense. And then here they have a really robust uh, boat system that can take you to and from different ports. And it makes no sense. Yeah, we didn't really talk Venice. <laughs> we gave up. Like, we gave up. We're like, well, I guess let's just walk. Well, we got There's an, an app. app and the it app is a one and a half star rated app. And it literally was impossible. Like they're like, oh, first you have to set up a card. I'm like, okay, I set up a card. And they're like. We're not taking to accept your your credit card. I'm like, okay. Well, please, how about this? Please? Well, how about that? Well, how about this? And just nothing worked. And we're like, okay, fine. Well, I guess we're walking. I think there is there's a way to buy an all day ticket. I think it's twenty five dollars, and you can use the boats all day. But like, we're almost done, and so well, we don't want to do though. that anymore. Yeah, that's so a lot. Anyway, yeah. I don't know. So anyway, uh, Venice public transport not great. Or at least the org- the presentation the way of that it. We did it. Yeah. It seems I mean, like maybe it seems like way. it's actually very functional, but. It couldn't, we could not figure out how to, how to use it. So. Whereas in Rome, we totally nailed it. So and it was easy. Anyway. It was easy. You get on the bus, the buses are all fancy. Anyway. And in Florence, we didn't really need it. That was the other thing. Florence is pretty small. So. Yeah. All right, so here's one lesson learned about, and about foreign travel, at least in Italy. And this is probably true in Europe, generally. Um, I have credit cards and I have debit cards. The credit cards work flawlessly. And the card that I have doesn't even have an international transaction fee. So like there's no cost for converting between currencies other than the exchange rate. And there is no fee. Um, so we're using, using that card means that I just go home and I pay that bill off and voila, we're done. However, my, my debit card also works. <laughs> but every time I use it, my bank in the States, which is Chase, will charge $5 and three percent so if i want a hundred bucks in cash it's gonna cost me a hundred and five dollars plus three dollars oh yeah <laughs> so it's like so 108 dollars for for a hundred dollars and you're like oh 
well, that's kind of doable. It is kind of doable, except that the ATM I'm taking it from is also charging me $5 and they're, they're doing a seven to 10% markup on the exchange rate. So now I'm like 120, $130 in for a hundred dollars. Like it's a horrible deal. So, so if you want to bring cash, bring cash from the States. We did um, an exchange at the airport, which we've heard is a good spot. We're not no, experts. No, it's not a good out. spot. No, that was bad. But where's a good spot? I don't know. Somewhere yeah, else. Yeah, we don't really know. Bring cash and exchange it. Bring cash and exchange it. That's not a big... You don't have to worry about it. All you have to worry about is, like, make sure you have a, a credit card that plays nice internationally, and it's glorious. Everyone, yeah, yeah. Almost, then, everyone, honestly, took, almost you, everyone takes a card. If you want to... You're going to want some cash. Cabs take a card. The bus takes a card. Like... The museums take cards. Almost all stores take cards. Like, yeah. we've run into cash, like, literally one time. It was our gondola guy. Yeah. Our gondola guy is like, I need cash. I'm like, oh. So, so we had to go get some cash. I had to get more cash than we had. But, yeah. But, yeah. No, that's been, and that's been easy to handle. So, yeah. Yeah. So. So. Take your trip to Italy and on, take it out. On a scale of 1 to 10, how would you rate going to Italy as a couple? I mean, 10 for 10. But. I would say, like, if you if you have to choose, I would do, I would do just Rome or Rome and Venice. I Rome and Venice. But, um, but I know a lot of people but, like to do the coast, like the Amalfi Coast. A lot, stuff, a lot of people but. swear by Florence. It's beautiful, but part of the problem is like it is a small town. But guess what? It didn't have small town crowds. So imagine like a gigantic crowd in a small square. You know, I think that's because you know we do people. Almost everyone we talked to came to Rome and then did Florence and Venice. Everyone, a lot of people do these three cities. And so it is like the same size crowds from Rome. We just went to, just imposed on Florence, which that's no good. It's no good. So, yeah. It was just pretty. Yeah. Florence is fine. Ready. Florence is fine, but we just, we're vibing with it. Yeah, really I, I really like it. Rome. But man, I did enjoy the David and I really did enjoy that church. It was something else. Yeah, so it's been a great trip. Don't wait till you're too old to walk around. We see a lot of that. And don't take young kids. We think that's just insane. Don't do it. I mean, if you lived here, like if you were day tripping to these places from some other city in Rome, or even even weekending it from oh, yeah. England of or course, something of like course. that. But, no, the, but if you're going over the ocean. The cumulative, like, I can't taking, even the, taking the plane ride. Where they're like sleep, taking the train sleep rides, janked. Jet lagged. Like, it's not I every imagine parent them and child this I see just bit. looks so tired and so like sad and so i i don't know yeah we're not having a great time i i I truly am enjoying this like i'm i'm like oh we got to do more trips but i honestly don't know what the next one's going to be that i'm going to enjoy this much but we're going to do it we'll figure out something do it we'll we'll figure something out friends this has been a uh a foreign episode of the waystation podcast your source for life hacks social commentary and italian stories I'm one of your hosts, Randy, and this is our guest host, Rachel, and we just have to say ciao. Ciao. Ciao, Bella. <laughs> have a great day. <laughs>